Hello and welcome to Finch Shots Daily. In today's episode, we explore India's latest attempt at a moon landing and the brewing lunar race. In 2019, we sent a mission to the moon. We failed to land and we crashed due to a software glitch that affected the brakes. India was disappointed, but we did get a consolation prize. We had also sent something to orbit the moon and collect pictures. That part worked out pretty well. Now 4 years later we're trying again. On the 14th of July we launched Chandrayaan 3. We're going back to the moon again and this time we have a single-minded goal to stick the landing. If we succeed, well that's a huge huge deal. For starters, there's the bragging rights. We've already shown our capabilities to launch enormously successful space programs on a budget. including commercial ventures we've launched 424 satellites for 34 countries and isro has earned over 100 crores in just the past 5 years by doing this but putting wheels on the moon is something else because only 3 countries have managed a successful moon landing this far russia or the erstwhile soviet union the us and china and well we could be the fourth and not to forget that the landing is slated for the south pole of the moon not on its equator which is the popular landing spot so it's even harder we're being ambitious and want to do something that no one has ever done before maybe isro could see even more commercial success if this works out more countries and companies would be willing to pay for its expertise there's another softer aspect too a tinge of emotion if you will and we wrote about this in our newsletter in 2019 during the previous launch it being the space exploration has the potential to change the cultural outlook of the entire population it has the potential to inspire generations of kids to take up science engineering math and to do advanced research in india instead of just seeking a plus job in the us it has the potential to take the son of a poor farmer from tamil nadu and thrust him to the top of one of the greatest space research organizations on the face of this planet And India's space efforts are already spurring new dreams. We have more than 100 space startups in the country now. This number was just 21 in 2020, and investors such as Google and Singapore's Sovereign Wealth Fund are already backing some of them. But yes, you can see why everyone's excited about Chandrayaan 3. It's just the beginning. But here's the thing: India is not the only country with lunar ambitions. We have the usual suspects: the U.S. China, Russia who have doubled down on their moon efforts too. But we also have Israel, Japan, South Korea and the United Arab Emirates who have got their eyes on moon missions. Why though? Well, there's obviously the research and scientific discovery. Everyone wants to be the first to find something new. You see, the moon is kind of like a time capsule. It doesn't really have a magnetic field, so it doesn't repel high energy particles emitted by the sun. and these end up getting buried under the lunar surface basically it contains data of over 4.5 billion years and it could hold the keys to understanding much about how our solar system was formed which scientists wouldn't love that and if you can put radio telescopes on the far side of the moon the part facing away from the earth it could be a clear window into deep space there would be no radio or daylight interference from earth or at least that's the hope and who knows what secrets of the universe we could unlock but the larger picture here in the lunar race could also be geopolitics for years we've had the international space station as a shining example of international collaboration 
In fact, the US and Russia partnered in 98 to make it a reality. And soon, Canada, Japan and 11 other European nations also joined in. But of late, the collaboration has broken down. Russia used it as a bargaining chip to try and get the US to turn a blind eye to its annexation of Crimea a few years ago. The invasion of Ukraine and the subsequent sanctions made relations even colder. And now it's working to build its own space station. Meanwhile, China isn't even allowed on the space station. None of its astronauts have been aboard. And because it has its own ambitions, it has quietly built its own station in space. And there's some sort of collaboration between the two as well. If you think about it, these stations can be the perfect gateway to the moon. We don't mean that in terms of the distance. The stations are typically only 400 kilometers from Earth, while the moon is nearly 400,000 kilometers from Earth. So it's not a hop, skip and jump away. But these space stations are what help countries gather crucial data about what it means to live in space. Or for that matter, to live anywhere else but Earth. It's how we understand what gravity differentials can do to human bodies. And if countries eventually attempt to set up long-term bases on the moon, this sort of information could be vital. Wait, what long-term moon bases? Well, we're not talking about colonizing the moon just yet, but rather these bases could be used for exploiting the moon's resources. You see, something called helium-3 is embedded in the lunar soil. It's an element that can be used in nuclear fusion. It's the holy grail of energy production. It's clean and it doesn't produce excessive nuclear waste. And it gives us the fuel we want. Apparently, there could be enough on the moon that could power our energy needs for the next 250 years. Oh, and it's estimated to be worth trillions of dollars. So that's a nice incentive for whoever gets there. So the actual technology and getting things in places could take decades or maybe even centuries. But that won't stop countries from thinking about how it could be mined. Rumour has it that India has such thoughts too. Sure, as Axios points out, planting a flag on the moon and claiming territorial rights is tricky. See, the UN has an outer space treaty. It's there to ensure that countries can't simply lay claim to parts of the moon, but it doesn't actually prevent them from building structures on the surface. As long as it's not military in nature, they're good to go. So it's really not crazy to imagine that all this is inevitably a fight for the moon's resources. And once a long-term base on the moon is established, once it's squeezed to the last drop for its resources, humankind has to head off to the next frontier, Mars. Who says no to more resources, right? It's a space race, all right. Maybe India wants a piece of the party too. Anyway, four years ago, India cheered as we launched a mission to the moon. That one ended in tears. Hopefully, this August, when we finally attempt to land, things will be different. And if people do shed tears, we hope it will be tears of joy. Fingers crossed. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you want to share your feedback or suggestions, do drop us an email to hi at the rate finshots.in. Until next time.